Hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. What do you call the sweat produced when two people make love in Alabama? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what? Relative humidity. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Alabama. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Hello, gardeners, wannabe gardeners. And people who like it hot. Yeah. Because it's hot out. It is so hot out. Though in the scheme of things, Edith, I do have to say that we have seen hotter summers in Colorado in the Denver yeah. metro area. Much hotter. We, yeah. We've been we, somewhat We have lucky. nothing to complain about. I yeah, don't think Not we like do. where it is everywhere no. else. No. In fact, it was even, the high yesterday was 89. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. See, that's that, not bad. That yeah, not not too shabby. And of course, great weather for the garden. Yeah. And I mean, after I think the weather since uh the, the entire month of July has really helped the recovery of our severely damaged gardens from the hailstorm. I cannot believe how great my garden looks. You know, my neighbor Stephanie, who I call badass Stephanie. Oh yeah, badass Stephanie. Badass yes, Stephanie. I, yes. We were talking the other day, and you know, she made a nursery out of one of her bedrooms that you no, know, because she's like an empty nester now. Oh, okay. So she made a plant nursery, she not made a baby a nursery. Right, right. <laughs> she's an empty nester. So she had a baby. No, she made a, a plant nursery with with grow lights and everything, uh-huh. humidity, and um. So her plants were really strong. So she said to me, she didn't buy any new plants, any new seedlings after the hailstorm, none. Wow. She That's said, impressive. Even the ones that were just sticks with no leaves have survived. And she made this philosophical statement. She says, if it has strong roots, it will survive. Ah, isn't that nice? That's great. So she's now my neighbor, Stephanie, the badass philosopher. Mm, Mm -hmm. Yes, I like that very much. It's really quite true. I was surprised about uh, things that that made it. Now I don't know what's going to happen if we have a early frost. Yeah, that's really the danger here. Yeah, yeah. It all look. My garden looks phenomenal for mid June. Mm -hmm. For (laughs) mid June, not for early August. Yeah. Uh, but but things are, things are things are going super great. So tell us, Edith, what's yes. going on in your garden? Oh, okay, I will. Um, well, I have been eating lettuce since May. That's three months. Wow, that's really because we had such a cool spring. May I ask you, Edith? Yeah. So the hail did not destroy your lettuce. Well, it. Remember how I don't actually plant it; how it plants itself. Yeah. Uh huh. The ones that. Sometimes it destroyed the outside couple of mm-hmm. layers, but I ripped those off, and then they kept growing. Great. The ones especially, so now they're bolting except for the ones that mm. planted themselves. Mm-hmm. Me too. Under the plum tree. It's a little tiny tree, but it gives just enough shade. 
that I can still pick lettuce from there. And this is your new plum tree. This is my new plum tree that protected the lettuce Aww. and shades the lettuce. And um, people, if you're interested, it's the Marvel of the Four Seasons lettuce ah. that I just think is the best lettuce I have ever had. Can I just add on, Edith, that my lettuce just got pummeled. And it did kind of come back, but it was on like pretty good stock. It was on my romaine, so it was pretty good stock. Yes. So I was pulling up, but I just recently was able to harvest lettuce this week. So I went a month without. Wow. I had to buy lettuce in the grocery store. In the summertime. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy about your lettuce. That's great. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so, so it bolted, and I will let it go to seed, mm-hmm. just like I did every other year. I realized that. It has seeded itself from the alley to the street. Mm. Literally, it went the entire <laughs> length of my property. You know what would be cool is that if, if your lettuce seeded and it made its way to my yard. That would be amazing. friends, we just live a couple blocks away from each other. That would be so cool. And if you don't know what bolted means, it doesn't mean that it picked itself up by its roots and ran across the street. <laughs> no. <laughs> It means it went to seed. Mm-hmm. And once something goes to seed, of course, then it's a little bit bitter. Um, and that's what lettuce does. Lettuce and the, the more tender, cold-loving mm-hmm. things. You can always put a lawn chair over your lettuce. I often do that to give it some shade. In fact, don't we have a category called lawn chair lettuce of the garden party? We do. Yes, we do. Actually, based on your putting a lawn, lawn chair. chairs over things like lettuce. Okay, so that's that. Um, I harvested all of my scapes. Okay. I I didn't plant any garlic this year. I just let the garlic go as I usually do. And there was a lot of garlic. And I harvested lot. scapes for the first time this year. Did you make anything with them? I did. I did. You know what? I chopped it up and we put it in an omelet. That wonderful. is wonderful. That's wonderful. You could also I should give you my recipe for scapes pesto. Oh, that sounds good. It is so, so, so good. So I harvested those. I also harvested some actual garlic. Because if you ha- Me too. I did that today yeah. too. Just did today. You? Just this morning. So cool. You know, if you harvest the scapes, your garlic gets bigger. Now I don't know how did you plant the garlic this year? I did, yeah, in October. How big were they? You know, I would say maybe a ping pong ball size. That's wonderful. Now mine is really small, but I found a really good way to um peel it what you call it peel when you take the sh- yeah okay uh-huh. <laughs> so um, usually like I'll smash it and pull out the the garlic but what if you don't want smashed garlic right? oh good point so put the garlic cloves in a jar and shake the jar really hard for one to two minutes then you will see most of them have lost their coverings that's nice yeah, that's clever. I, I saw it and on, good for your good exercise for your arms. And it's a, it's a, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I saw it on YouTube. Okay, I planted the last of my onions, so I planted about one hundred and seventy five onions. Ooh, for the first time, I went. I buy always two bags. I went through all the bags because I did it in succession. Like every two weeks, I would plant some onions. And that's so great. I do that with green beans. I plant them in succession. That's so clever. Onions, you know, I can't for some reason grow, um, what are the skinny little baby onions? Yeah, like a green onion or a scallion. I can't seem to grow those. But I, I so I plant so many onions that I can pull them when they're really young and they're uh-huh. like a scallion. Oh, Edith. What? 
that's what I planted. So I went crazy after the hailstorm and just threw a bunch of seeds everywhere. Yeah. And I had some seeds going up. And I go, what the heck are these? And I think those oh. are green. They're scallions that I planted. Oh, okay, that's thank great. you. Gosh, that was driving me nuts. I go, are those leeks? Why Why would I plant leeks? So many leeks. Well, that okay. is great. Now, now you have planted onions, right? In the when you buy bags, when you buy the bulbs. This yeah, not- I've done it before, but I don't have any going right now. So you know, after a while, they get really papery, mm. and I always would throw away like half of them. But I didn't this year. If I felt the slightest bit of solid inside, I planted them, and they all came up. Ah, they all came up. They've been sitting in my garage for months. Beautiful. It is beautiful. The parsley is having a field day out there. Ha ha, field day. And um, <laughs> and that's my garden update. Oh, awesome. Well, I am pleased to announce that I had 100 people come through my yard and that <gasps> garden tour. Was that fun? Weeks ago. It was super fun, Edith. And everyone was so nice and so complimentary. Um, the things they loved the most kind of surprised me. They went nuts over the trumpet vine all over the house. I love your trumpet vine. It's just, it's incredible. So that was really nice. And then they were also very complimentary about, um, oh, all the echinacea was, was, was that, that survived the hailstorm. So the purple echinacea, purple cone flower looked really pretty. And I had some winter sowing jugs out there because I was winter sowing some zinnias and marigolds and everybody had a lot of questions about that because I hadn't, didn't have time to plant them out. Um. And, you know, the vegetable garden looked, you know, it looked, looked decent, looked respectable. Yeah, so yeah. people were, it was really nice. And they were such nice people. And, you know, people dressed up for it too, Edith. It was so cute. You know, women with their- You're their, kidding. Women in their sundresses and hats and men with bow ties and suspenders and fancy hats. Oh my hats God, it's like the Kentucky Derby out was there. It really cute. Yeah, oh, it was really, so really cool. nice. Um, I uh, am also excited that I- Winter sowed a bunch of sunflowers the day after the hailstorm. Yeah. And I just put them all out. And maybe they're about six inches tall. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if I get some sunflowers before Labor Day. Oh, I hope you do. I hope you do. Yeah. yeah. And um oh my my piece rose, which I trimmed back. Uh-huh. I'm getting a second bloom on it. Wow. Which I don't think I've ever had that before. And because I cut things back so far after yeah. the hailstorm. My um, salvia is blooming again, and Jupiter's beard is starting to bloom again. Wow. So that was very nice. Um, and I have seen a little evidence of Japanese beetles. Me too. But not crazy. Christy, I think, you know, I collect them and leave them in this jar. And um, dead, of course. I don't, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Christy, I don't think I've had 30 this whole summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I go out every day and look. I'm almost like wanting to have them so I can ping them into my little water bucket. Yeah, that's so satisfying, isn't it? So satisfying. Yeah. And so I went out this morning and looked around and I saw a little evidence. And then, you know, they like to hit my morning glories. They don't like my morning glories at all. Isn't that odd? Oh, that's weird. It but is they weird. they like your grapevine, but... They love the grapevine. But the morning glories are, are on the porch. Mm. Maybe they don't like to come where the people are. Oh, Interesting. So, uh, pretty, so pretty exciting. The gardens are looking beautiful yeah. for early August. And you know what? We're going to get a lot of stuff because we still have, you know, we should still have the entire month of, we should have two months and maybe a week or two 
for things to come around. Yes. If we yeah. get a normal fraud, that's a long time, Christy. That's not true. Yeah. Um, Edith, we have a new member of the garden party to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Who is she? I want to celebrate Christy B. from Santa Fe. Oh. And she has um, joined. She's on the Launch Your Lettuce level. So she contributes $5 a month to help support all the many expenses of the podcast, you know, like our um, golden gardening tools and our diamond encrusted garden gloves, <laughs> right? <laughs> I tell you, if someone in Santa Fe, hot, dry Santa Fe, can become a garden party member and can garden, I think you can garden just about anywhere. Well, here's what Christy says. She wrote us a little note. First of all, she says, great name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she goes, I've been listening to you and Edith and Christy since last year when I binged every episode available and now I stay up to date. Wow. that cool? She yeah. says, thank you and everyone very much for sharing and helping others. I used to live in Denver and now I'm in Santa Fe and I've kept a hydrangea alive for three years now. Wow. Because, you know, remember, that's my nemesis. That was I your nemesis. I think that might have been our very first episode you yeah. were talking about. I cannot yeah. grow hydrangea. You can't grow scallions. Uh-huh. I can't grow hydrangea. Yeah. Very jealous, Christy. And she says, it's on my to-do list to write you a longer letter for ring, ring, mailbag time. <laughs> oh. And I will. Can't wait for more episodes, laughs and learning. Thank you, Christy. And, you know, she spells it the same way I do, too. Which really? Is, you know, a more you. Is it really you? Did you really write yourself a letter? <laughs> huh? Oh no, oh forget no, the not, jig is up. Forget to change the name. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> so friends, if you want to join the garden party, all you need to do is click on the link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. And um, if there are words or terms you don't understand, like winter sewing or bolt, just go to our website at UpsideDownTulips.com mm-hmm. and check out the always funny and always informative Upside Down Dictionary. It, You know, the dictionary will tell you everything you need to know, including the meaning of life. So <laughs> check it out. And now we have a fun and handcrafted pod play, a short little radio play just for gardeners. And this is written by Christy, the real Christy, sitting right across from me right now. Edith, have you seen the Barbie movie yet? No, have you? No, but everybody, here's Garden Barbie. Nice. I'm a Barbie girl in a garden world. I love my garden. It's my little slice of paradise where I can connect with nature and let my creativity bloom. Hello there, I'm Garden Barbie and I see you're enjoying my garden. Ah, greetings. I am Robert Oppenheimer. And I must admit, I am quite fascinated by the wonders of nature. The renowned physicist. My cousin Science Barbie told me all about you. Well, you're in for a treat. Gardening is a beautiful blend of art and science and has a unique way of soothing troubled minds. (sighs) I must confess, I find myself in need of some peace. Let's start by planting some seeds. There's something truly magical about tucking a tiny seed into the earth 
and then seeing it sprout into a beautiful plant. It's like witnessing a tiny miracle unfold before my eyes. Won't you join me? Why, what's wrong, Robert? I was part of a project that unleashed a terrifying force upon the world. The nuclear bomb brought devastation, and I have often questioned the morality of my actions. Oh, regret is part of being human. But you have a chance to use your knowledge and influence for positive change. Like the garden, you can plant new seeds of hope. That is a very profound thing to say. Especially for a plastic doll constantly in high heels. Mm. And that takes three cups of oil to produce. You know, Robert, I too have regret. Has my unrealistic body done harm to the psyche of young girls? That is why gardening is much more than just a hobby for me. It's a symbol of nurturing and growth, just like the strength and resilience that feminism represents. Feminism? Hmm. I must confess, I've never given it much thought. It's about equality, empowerment, and breaking free from the constraints society imposes. Women can be powerful forces of change, just like these seeds we sow in the ground. Yes, we all get the seed metaphor, Garden Barbie. But how about we use a scientific approach to optimize their growth? Perhaps some specialized fertilizers or a controlled watering system? Great idea! Let's mix art and science to make our garden flourish. Behold, my solar-powered soil analyzer. It will tell us precisely what nutrients the soil needs. That's incredible! And look at these glowing plant markers. They'll light up the garden like stars. Dr. Oppenheimer, our garden is a true masterpiece. Indeed, Garden Barbie. A perfect harmony of beauty and scientific ingenuity. In this serene space, I am humbled by the vastness of the universe and the limits of human understanding. Science reveals the marvels of existence, yet it is in the simplicity of this garden that I find a profound connection to the mysteries that elude me. Oh, thank you, Garden Barbie. Mm. Come on, Garden Barbie, let's go party. And how about an introduction to science, Barbie? Mm-hmm. 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 So our topic today, friends, are plants that have two uses. At least two. At least right. two. Mm-hmm. Sort of like from root to stem. For example, a tomato plant really has one use. The yeah. tomato. Yeah, right. That's it. That's all you that's, can do. That's it. But as you just mentioned, Edith, about garlic, we have, one use is the garlic and the second use is the scape which is the long green thing that comes up and curls around and mm-hmm. has some v- wonderful flavor that you can use for a lot of things. And the way you know when it's ready is it does the curly cue. Yeah. And at the very bottom, it looks like it has a white heart almost. Yeah. They're so pretty, you guys. And they're usually ready, um, I don't know, end of 
you know the garlic's ready when it's all brown, and that happens like a month before. Yes. I would say my, my garlic started to curl up uh-huh. around mid-June. That's yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. My garlic started to do and that. And we're zone mm-hmm. 5B. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, it's becoming more ish all yeah. the time. Because right. with climate change, we are soon going to be the next hottest zone. Yeah. Everything's going to shift, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, also in the onion family, beside garlic scapes, are chives. Well, you cut them back and they come right back. You cut them back, they come right back. But also, have you ever, Edith, eaten a chive blossom? No. Well, you can. They they have a tasty onion flavor. And you can take the blossom and you can add it to salads. You can make compound butter out of it. They're strong. They have a nice, strong flavor to it. So they can also be very pretty in a salad. Oh, my God. So. Well, they're so pretty because they're like a little round purple ball. Yeah. They're so pretty. I'm going to try that. I have never done that. Well, you can do the same thing with a leek flower. So when leeks are starting to bolt, Uh look at how we're saying, we're really using bolt a lot today, aren't we? Yes, we are. Or in other words, they're starting to flower. You should remove the stalk as soon as possible while the bud is still green and tightly closed. And with these young flower buds, also guess what they're called, Edith? They're called scapes. Are they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they are also delicious. They you can either lightly cook them or you can eat them raw. They have a very mild flour, flavor that has been called akin to an asparagus type flavor. Oh my gosh! And I I never knew that either, Christy. I did harvest my. I forgot to mention I harvested my leek, all of it. Oh, okay. And I have not planted leek in years and years, like a decade. But it reseeds itself because. Mm-hmm. Around the major bulb of the leek are these little tiny baby leeks. And you just throw them back in. Nice. Just put them back in. Yeah, I had leeks for a while that were constantly overwintering. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. Yeah. Make sure, though, you do harvest your leeks early. Because I've harvested them too late and they get woody. Yeah, they do. Just like just like radishes. They're not, my leeks don't get as big as the ones in the grocery store. And I think that's where I made a mistake. I think that my, I did keep waiting for the leeks to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that just... Well, listen, you know, I learned as a gardener, bigger is not always better. Great great point. Because the the flavor is concentrated. Like, I have never had a big, fat, store-bought strawberry that tastes anything like the strawberries Mm -hmm. that you can Mm -hmm. grow. Yeah. And that can be true with tomatoes, too. That is completely true with tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to be gigantic. Um, So there are also... Uh, uh, plants that we have in our gardens that we use for their wonderful uses, but we also let them go to seed because we use the seeds. In fact, the seeds are usually expensive things you could herbs that you can mm-hmm. buy at the store. Mm-hmm. Like what, Christy? Well, for me, a big one is cilantro seeds, which are which is known as coriander. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they are. Um, they're both delicious and they taste different. I just did a last harvest of cilantro and I'm going to let the rest of it just start to bolt. It's just too hot now. Yeah. I'm going to let it bolt. I'm going to let it go to flower and then I'm going to collect the seeds and then use them in the winter. Another one, of course, is dill. Oh, yes. And you know what's interesting with dill? You can buy dill weed and you can buy dill seed. Yeah. The difference being that the the dill weed is the green fronds. Fronds. Yeah. The beautiful fronds and stem, and then, of course, it goes to seed, and that's why they call it dill seed. (laughs) So let me ask you a question about, are you growing dill right now? Yes, I am. And how big is your dill? Oh, the first batch has already gone to seed. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So in my craziness of planting after the hailstorm, yeah. I planted just like panic planted dill seed. Yeah. Is that at, uh, maybe about a half an inch to an inch high? Give it a oh, give it a minute. It'll okay. be fine. Okay. Oh gosh, give it a minute. And I wanted to also mention that how different dill weed tastes from dill seed. Oh, they taste completely different. For example, the herb, the leafy part, it tastes mm-hmm. kind of sweet, kind of grassy, kind of a little bit like licorice. They mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But dill seed, they are kind of bitter, and it says here a touch camphorous. Ooh. Oh. Mm, like you can rub it on your chest. Do you know what I like to use uh, dill seed for? Is it's really nice in a potato salad. Oh, I bet it is. Or is it if you're, when you're making uh, pickling, of course, it's really uh, great of course pickling. You, yes, yes, yes. And then it kind of also tastes like anise or caraway seed. It mm, kind of, mm-hmm. The flavor is kind of in that direction. Um, in addition to the onion family and seeds, there are a lot of root vegetables that have more than one use. Because you can eat the top and bottom, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, carrots are an example. Mm-hmm. You can I the the t- carrot tops are great in a salad. That's right, they are, aren't they? And they even taste a little carroty, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're great chopped up and used with eggs. Oh yeah, I've never done that, but that sounds like it mm-hmm. could be really good. And I know you harvest your beet greens, right? I do, I do. Sometimes I make a big bag of harvested tops, you know, carrots mm-hmm. or whatever, and I put them in the freezer, and then you can just take it out and just dump them in a soup. Oh, nice. cook them away and just get oh. the nutrition uh-huh. as well as the flavor. And folks, if you're harvesting beet greens, a great way to do it too is when you're thinning your beets, because I always sew way too heavy. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinning them out, you can use those little those little seedlings. Yeah. They same, look great in a salad. Same with carrots. It's almost oh, impossible sure. not to plant carrots <laughs> right you know unless it's extremely <laughs> thickly and do remember that if you when they're really little if you thin it you might pull out and disturb the next thing mm. the plant next to it so sometimes you just can cut it off that's right i keep forgetting that yeah, you just it. cut I, the top off yes yeah, yeah look how old we're getting christy we don't remember anything don't remember. <laughs> and when you're harvesting um beet greens friends um, be careful not to pick too many, right? Uh, because the plant needs the energy produced by its leaves to keep growing and for the roots to mature. So um, it's good to um, just kind of take the ones on the outside. Don't take more than a third of what's there. That that That's kind of a rule that goes for rhubarb. Mm. It also goes for lettuce. Like you always pick the outside mm-hmm. going to the inside because it'll come back, you know, the mm-hmm. same plant. You don't want to... Pull everything out by the root. Okay. I have on my list here, Edith, trees and bushes. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, She says quizzically, like, what? 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 <laughs> what? Well, this is a new thing for me. I, for the first time, harvested the blossoms on my linden tree. Now, linden trees are huge, so I only, like, I could only reach the, the bottom of the tree and I dried them, put them in a big laundry basket, a wicker one, on a pillow sheet, left them there for days. Every once in a while, I'd go in and I'd, sh- you know, shake them up. Mm-hmm. Give them a little shizhen. And I I meant to bring you some iced tea that I made with the linden, and I forgot. <laughs> 
I just forgot. That's how old we're getting, Edith. That's just it. <laughs> I so, can't remember to snip off my microgreens instead of pulling the whole plant And I can't out. remember to bring you the iced tea. <laughs> so you could taste how absolutely wonderful the linden tea is, which has been used historically for um, stress. It also has mm. a lot of healthy benefits. The thing is, it has a short window. You don't want to get them when the blossoms have faded or gotten brown or dry. Mm. You want to get them when they're fresh, smell like heaven. Oh mm. my gosh, the smell. I literally see people in my in front of my house on the sidewalk, they'll stop and they'll just breathe. When the linden trees oh, are in full blossom. Nice. So you pick those and you also pick what's called the bracts. B-R-A-C-T-S. That is not the big leaf. That is the small leaf that the flower comes out of. Okay. You can you can dry both of them. Oh. Both of them. So I have this big jar full of dried linden, and I could only reach the, t- the bottom of the tree because you can use so much oh, of nice. it. Now, did you pour hot water over the leaves and then put it on the sun, like a sun tea, or did you? I Well, you, that's interesting that you ask that. I always, in the summer especially, I always start with cold water. Ah. I just sit it in the sun. I don't even boil it. If I was going to have hot tea, of course, that makes sense. I would boil it and use <laughs> <Okay>. hot water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what about raspberry leaves? But that is just bizarre to me. I have never heard of this. Okay, I have never heard of it either, but I do my research. <laughs> and supposedly, you know... You can make some tea. You can dry it and put it in tea. There's raspberry tea. Yeah, but I just always assumed that was made out of like raspberries, not the like leaves. dried raspberries. Yeah, yeah. Well, Christy, I have raspberries, and I'm gonna I'm gonna test it out. Wow, that's I will interesting. cut off some leaves, and we'll see if this is one of those internet follies yeah. or if it's oh, for yeah. real. Yeah, because it just seems to me like. Raspberry leaves are just so scratchy and so weird. They but are. then I get maybe once if you dry but, them and pulverize them, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm quite. Did you ever eat a tea leaf? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ate a tea leaf yeah. before it was dry. Yeah, but they're but they're little tea leaves. You I've know never I mean? seen a tea leaf. Oh yeah, they're tiny little things. Where did you see a tea leaf? On on like some documentary with people out in did China. You, <laughs> did you see them for real? Yeah, they like pick the little leaves. Did off. you see them in real life? No, not in real life, but on. Because <laughs> I'm just wondering, are they not scratchy? You think they're smooth? I think they're there, and I think they're smooth. Really, like a baby's butt. You're saying the tea as, leaves as smooth as, as a, baby's a baby's butt. butt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know what? We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about plants that can do more than one thing. Um, but first, uh, oh, Edith, have you had a ripe tomato yet? No. All green, all little. Well, this is the special pod play written by our friend Patrick Gabridge is about the joy of that first bite of a tomato. We're all waiting. An excerpt from the play Drift by Patrick Gabridge. Molly with a seriously gorgeous tomato. She admires it. When the season starts, that first ripe tomato is all I can think about. I make sure I get the first one out of each variety. 
The first early girl takes the edge off. It's warm and red and tastes like summer. That first day, I make myself wait until the sun's been up for a while. I want it warm and ready. Early girls are small, four bites, bit of a tang to them, but there are more firsts to come. Black crim, orange Valencia, very sweet, indigo cherry drops, Cherokee purple, Prudence purple. I like the dusky smoke of the dark varieties, but I'm still anticipating the big guns, the striped German, like a work of art on the vine, and the brandy wine. The first ripe brandy wine is worth the effort of the entire season. The ultimate classic heirloom, sweet with just the right amount of flesh. When they first ripen, that's all I eat for a week, with a little basil and fresh mozzarella. Most of the season, we eat like crap, grabbing burgers at Wendy's or ice cream for dinner, because we're exhausted and desperately need calories, but not when the tomatoes come in. I know how to care for these plants. Just the right amounts of water and nutrients, pruning and tying them so there's lots of air flow and support. Last year, the vines were seven feet tall, and we spray. People think organic farmers never spray, but we spray BT to kill tomato hornworms. They're so big and voracious that if you stand still in the row, you can actually hear them chewing. BT is a bacteria that activates when eaten, and it dissolves their guts so they die from the inside out. In a good year, walking down the rows is like walking down a tunnel of green, like I'm completely inside the farm. The season has blossomed into a living, breathing thing, and I am walking right through its heart. A relationship needs as much care and attention as tomatoes. And when it doesn't get it, small seeds of regret start to germinate. I promised Jane that we would get away this winter to somewhere tropical and full of flowers. We lost half of the season's tomatoes to John's chromosome drift, and the rest aren't even up to my shoulders. I haven't been around to teach the crew to properly trim and tie the plants. But even with the neglect, we still have these. The plants are built to make beautiful fruit, just like us. I might not have been a perfect wife to Jane, but we still made a life together worth having. Every bite. Thank you, Patrick, for that beautiful pop play. That's from his play, Drift, which I directed a stage reading from a couple years ago, and he is an avid gardener. And the real sad thing about Patrick, a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, he posted about how beautiful his broccoli looks. Yeah. And then I so I showed him a picture of my broccoli, which was all smushed by the hail. Yeah. He had to dig up his community garden because he lives in western Massachusetts and it flooded. <gasps> oh no. So our heart goes out to Patrick. We hope you have Ugh. his home garden he said that's okay but his community garden he had to dig up. Okay. Well I'm I'm glad he has a garden to spare. Yeah. That's it's really always good. good to have a That was our mistake. We didn't have a spare garden. We don't have either. a spare garden. Oh, dear. All right. Uh, what's next on plants that can do more than one thing? Brassicas. Yeah. Oh yeah. We know it sounds like part of an orchestra, but no, 
It is a family of food. Plants, I mean. Family yeah, of, of food. <laughs> a really big family of food. I'm surprised how big that family is. Um, and this is the basic thing about brassicas is that you don't just need to eat the leaf or the flower of this family. You should also eat the stem. Like mm-hmm. Swiss chard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can actually, you can eat them raw like celery or you can saute them. And Swiss chard stems are so pretty. They're beautiful. I have all the They're different red. multicolors. Oh. I have one red and orange and yellow. They are, you never know what's going to come up, you know, until they're mm. big. They're just beautiful. Very, very nutritious. And again, this is another one of those things you could put in your freezer bag. Oh. To, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're tired yeah. of eating them, mm-hmm. put them in that freezer bag for soup. Mm-hmm. Um, kale is another one too. So whenever, you yeah. know, you harvest kale, what do they always say? You should strip it off the stems. Mm-hmm. And they actually have little devices where you can, little little devices that have a hole in it that you can put the kale through and strip it through. Ooh. Um, but the same is true with kale stems. They are delicious. You can eat them. You can saute them. You can fry them. You can chop them up and put them in a salad. I might, you know, might want to massage them first, like you do kale. Do you ever massage your kale, Edith? Yours? Edith? No, no. I mean, that sounds perverted, actually. <laughs> yeah, you should always get in there. Kale, you massage have to really... the. You oh. actually massage just the stem, right? You and the leaf. I massage. I massage kale, and the, because then you, when especially this is when you put the dressing in, get your fingers oh. in there and really rub it in and let it sit. Let kale sit for like. 15, 20 minutes after you massage it. And it Christy, won't be so weird I swear weird and chewy. the picture in my head was you kneeling next to your garden kale, massaging <laughs> it. You never said that it was in your kitchen. Yeah, I in get the it kitchen. Now. Oh, yes, yeah, sure. Thank you for clarifying. I get it now. Yes. Massage I will stop kale. massaging my kale. As and your stems. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this was, oh, this was weird for me about broccoli because I always eat broccoli stems. Do you always, or do you just eat the flowers? I eat the flower. Which means the actual broccoli, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I freeze the stem. Oh, okay. I I don't really eat the stem. I put it in another one of those things I put in soup. Gotcha. Well, you can, they're really great to roast broccoli stems. They taste (gasps) delicious. Oh my gosh, I bet so. Um, You can also, um, if we have a really big stem, you can spiralize it if you have one of those zoodlers. I do have one of those. Um, You can also... Oh, it'd be good to peel it though first. Peel it, it first. yeah. So if you have a really tough broccoli oh, stem, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Peel mm-hmm. that so it'll be so you don't have that weird texture, chewy part. And the same is true for cauliflower. Before we talk about cauliflower, uh-huh. may I just say, you got me this new kind of broccoli plant after the hailstorm. Yes. I have a little tiny head. It's so you, you pretty. Do? I oh, do. Oh, I'm so jealous and mad right now. Don't be jealous and mad right now. Because I have them also, and yeah. I do not have heads yet. I bet you you'll have one tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> That's you not, you know, the time machine of yours is really It's handy. really ill. It's in sync today. <laughs> That's how it goes, Christy. Right? That's how it goes. Yeah, right. One day I'm looking in the garden, nothing. And the next day I'm like, oh my gosh. Either That's I so missed true. this yesterday or one day. Or it did it overnight. One day I went out, nothing. The next day I went out and all the tomatoes were on flour. See? It just yeah, happens like okay, that. Okay, well that's interesting. Because that broccoli will be fun because it's called burgundy. It's so pretty. Oh, is is it is the little head like yes. Colorful yes, bur- oh. it is. It's so 
pretty. Oh my gosh, that's nice. That's so exciting. We'll see. One of the blessings of the hailstorm because I went out in panic bot mm-hmm. and this, they had this broccoli that I went. I just threw it in the carton, and now we're gonna see. Yeah, I bet it's gonna be. That's great. why I'm growing cantaloupe for the first time. How's that doing, by the way? You know, it's alive. Okay, and it's green and it has flowers. Okay, so good, good, good. Yeah, so that's a good sign. Green is good. Okay, now back to cauliflower. Okay, back to we cauliflower. Don't, we don't yes. want to give it short shrift. Yeah. Again, this is about soup. I loved this. I saw recommended for the stems of cauliflower to, um, you could put it in coleslaw. Oh and my you, gosh. You, you could, could shave you? it like, you know, put it in your food processor <gasps> or shave it in the same way you would cabbage. I know, That is amazing. Or you could even, I mean, you don't have to do you can do the cabbage and you can do the cauliflower. Yeah. That way you don't waste anything. Well, I've actually, I've actually bought broccoli slaw at the grocery store. Really? And that must be made out of the stems. That is so interesting. Well, everybody take notes for the coming apocalypse now. <laughs> this stuff, we're going to need to know this stuff. That's right. Who was that guy that used to sell oatmeal and used to say many parts of the tr- pine tree are edible? Ben Franklin. No, wasn't was that his picture on the on the Quaker Oats? No, <laughs> no, that's the Quaker Oat guy. <laughs> I thought that was Ben Will Franklin. Is it Wilford Brimley? Was he? Nope. Who was it? Our engineer shaking his head. No, he knows who it is. He won't tell us. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. I think he used to sell oatmeal. And huh. then he, is that right? Nope, he did not sell oatmeal. And it wasn't a horse. Many parts of the pine tree are perfectly edible. Many parts of the pine tree. Hmm. Don't know. <laughs> Breaking news, Edith. We just found out the old guy who talked about a pine tree having many edible parts. Yeah. That was Yule Gibbons, who was selling grape nuts. Oh, Yule Gibbons, of course. The original in search of the wild asparagus, right? <laughs> Yule Gibbons. <laughs> and... That's to help all the people who were shouting it out to us as we were trying to figure it out, what his oh, name was. He was one of the starters of the whole organic movement. Yule He's Gibbons. huge. Yule Gibbons. Thank you, Yule. Um, okay. Now, flowers. There are tons flowers. of flowers. That one, their main use for is just beauty, right? We enjoy them. But they also have other uses. Well, yeah, their, their other main use is uh, as... To attract pollinators, right? Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, they do everything. Flowers do absolutely everything. Let's start with something that you grow so many beautiful ones of, which are roses. Mm. Rose petals are a wonderful flower to use as a tea. Mm. Not just the rose hips. Mm -hmm. You've seen rose hip tea? Yeah, uh uh-huh. You can actually use rose petals. Wow. and, And dry them and put them in your tea. Because it can alleviate an upset stomach or diarrhea, sore throat or cough. Wow. I'm not saying cure. I'm saying alleviate. Did you know you can infuse white wine with rose petals for headaches and depression? Okay. Okay, it's just the wine. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) And the non-medicinal benefits of rose petals are their aromatherapy benefits. When you use them in a face wash, you oh, can make yeah. rose oil. You can make a rose, uh, infuse water mm-hmm. with rose petals. And again, I'm assuming that you have to harvest these roses like your linden tree at the hot, not when they yes. start to fade. You need to get them when they're like ready, in beautiful. Fa- in fact, go by smell because the stronger mm. the scent, 
the more healing properties they have and the more they are ready to go. Wow, that's cool. Um, another flower I would love to lift up is calendula. Now, I don't even have any calendula. I didn't even know how to say the word until just now. I always <laughs> thought it was calendula. No? Oh, may- maybe it is. Cal- that calendula. Cal- calendula sounds better. Okay. Calendula. Um, I um, always grow, it's also known as pot marigold, which is not a marigold at all, but it's known as pot marigold. Um, but they look like a, they're kind of like a daisy or an aster kind of looking flower. They uh-huh. come in yellows and golds and oranges. I they, mine would always recede it recede themselves, but then all of a sudden they stopped receding. So then I winter sowed some, planted some more out front by my vegetable garden. The hailstorm mushed them, but they're coming back. Usually they'd be in bloom right now, but you know Labor Day, right? Mm-hmm, um, but so right. many great uses for calendula. Um, one is a tea. Take one to two tablespoons of dried or fresh calendula flowers. A cup of hot simmering water. Cover the mug with a saucer and let it steep for 15 to 20 minutes. And then strain the tea to remove the petals, which can be tossed in the compost pile. And it's a wonderful, uh, calendula has many uses. It's excellent for your skin also. Um, oh, oh, you know what? When you buy that um, deodorant with natural deodorant without mm-hmm. um, aluminum in it, there's one that's calendula. That makes total sense. It does, doesn't it? And you remember I would make I would make like a um a lotion. I'd make some body butter. I use yes, that's made with that. I always make calendula oil when I make that body butter. And it's very easy to do, friends. You take um a glass jar, fill it two thirds of the way with dried calendula flowers, pour olive oil over the jar. Cover at least an inch so the flowers have space to expand. Stir well, cap the jar tightly. Place the jar in a warm, sunny window and shake every now and then. And then after four to six weeks, strain out the herbs using a cheesecloth and pour the infused oils into glass bottles. Wow. And you can use the oil, like I said, I use it for body butter. You can also, I've had friends who've made um, a lip balm out of it. Or you can use it as a salad dressing. Wow. That's very cool. Um, hmm. Do you have lavender, Edith? I have a lot of lavender. And do you yeah. ever do anything else with your lavender besides its beauty and its use of it as a pollinator? No. I should start doing that, though, because um, my neighbor Stephanie's daughter, Caitlin, she makes all kinds of things with lavender. And I think that I should be doing more. Um, well, I love I love harvesting lavender, and even when I'm out of lavender, I also buy like food grade lavender buds. I use it in a lot of my cooking. One of my favorite things oh. to make with lavender is a creme brulee. Oh, yum! Um, but it's a it's also really great um, in in um, in cookies. You can use it as um, you can use it sweet and savory, so it's really good in rubs and marinades and sauces. Um, and my new favorite. Um, latte that I love to drink at my neighborhood coffee shop is a honey lavender latte. Oh, wow. Friends, it is amazing. It is so great. You just have to be careful not using too much because I have made um, uh, honey lavender caramels before and using, you're supposed to seep the lavender in with the cream. Yeah. And I thought, one tablespoon, that doesn't seem like very much. And so I put in two tablespoons. Yeah. Tastes like soap. Wow. So you just want a hint of the lavender wow. when you use it in your cooking. Um, what about nasturtiums? 
I hear you can put them on salads, but I can't grow them for the life of me. You know what? <laughs> it's so funny. I can't grow them either. Um, but I, I tried to grow them again this year to kind of mix in with my morning glories. I thought, yeah. well, that'd be pretty to have the purple and the orange of that, right? Uh-huh. So I must have planted maybe 10 or so. Yeah. One is coming up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's maybe about four inches long. So I had, I had one that came up. And then finally, of course, we want to point out that marigolds have so many uses besides their beauty, mm-hmm. besides that they um, prevent nematodes from getting into your vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're also, I don't know if you knew this, but you can take marigold flowers, you can dry them, and you can crush them. And people say they are the spice comparison, Edith, to saffron. Really? Which is so expensive. Wow. I'm going to I'm gonna Google that when I get home and see because I have a lot of marigolds. Yeah. Who, you know? Yeah, they're the best flower. And the good thing is if you don't, if you don't deadhead them, my gosh, you'll have your, <laughs> the your entire garden will be nothing but marigolds. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful. I love them. Plants with so many uses. Um, if you know of more uses than what we've said right now, friends, we hope you write to us. Yeah. That's just what we have in our garden, too. What What's in your garden, I wonder? Yep, I wonder, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't, like, don't lose sleep over it, though, Edith. Oh, I will Yeah, okay, no. all right. No, I won't. I'll probably forget all about it by the time I get home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Edith. What? <laughs> What, what? Guess what time it is. I don't know. It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Because the postman always rings twice. And left a mail thing, a piece of mail, <laughs> right here in front of me. I will read it now. Oh, please do. Hey, Christy. It's just to you. Oh, oh, oh okay. this is really awkward. Hey, <laughs> this is so awkward. Hey, Christy. Thought you might like to know, if you don't already, that Colorado now has a new special license plate that is, quote, protect our pollinators. My daughter just got one, and it's so neat with a bee on a flower depicted in the middle. Donations go to the People and Pollinators Action Network. Hope you are well. Happy spring. Kimberly from Denver. Okay, so it's been a while. We haven't read that. It's the middle of summer, and she said happy spring, so we're a little late. Oh, <laughs> reading Kimberly's letter. Sorry, Kimberly. Well, you know, our mailbag is so full that right. we had I to know. wait it was way a while. in the bottom. But yeah. right now, there's bees and flowers out there. What a cool thing. And the, here's what it looks like. You want to see? Here's a picture of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that is really pretty. So it is um, the mountains in the background, but um, and it has, it looks like, um, like maybe like a painted daisy in the back uh-huh. with a bee on it. And, you know, Colorado's not the only state that has this. I did not know that. I did a little bit of quick research, and I also saw Oregon, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Minnesota, Texas, West Virginia, Alabama, Delaware, Oklahoma, and probably more. Well, I'm going to have to stop making fun of Alabama then, aren't I? Oh, oh, yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. They're part of a really cool group. They are. Poor Alabama. Oh, that's Aww. right. They care about pollinators, too, even when the humidity is high, relatively speaking. Thank you. <laughs> well, friends, if you have a question, comment, observation, fashion tip, check. You want to send us something in mailbag? <laughs> I like the way she slipped check in there. That's cool. 
Uh, Very good. We wanted to hear how your gardens are doing. Please write to us at UpsideDownTulips.com or at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. And the operative word there is us. Write to us. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Kimberly. (laughs) Thanks again. Hey, do you hear a mandolin? I I do. do a mandolin. I do, off in the distance. I think it's coming closer. It could be the spirit of what? Socrates, Aristotle, or Plato? No, it's Christy. (laughs) She looks inspired. (laughs) Share. Christy, share with us. Today's inspiration, friends, comes from Monty Don, who is a British horticulturalist who is best known as the host of the BBC gardening television series Gardener's World. Uh Uh-huh. He writes... The biggest obstacle to good gardening is the desire to know the answers and not the questions. <gasps> he was worth that beautiful intro. He was. It That's was perfect. really good. Yeah, because sometimes I think, you know, we just want to have the answers right away. That's life, Christy. Yeah. We oh, are all yeah. about the meaning of life here. <laughs> we, we literally are. We are, friends. And if you've learned a little bit about the meaning of life, um, we're thanking you for listening. Yeah, thanks Thank for listening. You. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. You could send us a check. <laughs> <laughs> you could also hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Do you want more? Do you? Go to denisegentilini.com or... Find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And many thanks to the talents and kind heart of Michael Morgan, Lindsay Pierce, and Patrick Gabridge. Thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside Down. garden will forgive you yeah and hopefully the people from alabama (laughs) thank you (laughs) 